Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. Adventure, not a drop worth drinking. The events and characters depicted in this drama are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Scareheads like the Clarion. Why should we alarm people needlessly? Analysis of over 50 samples of milk taken at random convinced me that we must look further for the source of con- contamination which gives rise to the present epidemic. Signed Grant, City Health Department. In my opinion, the present epidemic is nothing about which to become alarmed. Such an ailment occurs with the present frequency about once every seven years. I believe this spring is simply the time for the recurrence of such an epidemic. Signed, Dr. Holmes. Samples of the city water supply show no trace of contamination. Signed, Fox, city chemist. The public is advised to boil all drinking water. Signed, health commissioner. Paper, Quite possible that a contamination exists in the water which cannot be isolated. Brigham, M.D. I demand an investigation be conducted. Maybe our purification system has failed. In my opinion, there is nothing about which to become alarmed. Boil all drinking water. Such an ailment occurs as an epidemic about once every seven years. I demand an investigation. What's the matter with our water system? There is nothing about which to become alarmed. Play this epidemic down. There's no reason to alarm the public. 
tell you why I sent for you, Dr. Holmes. You've been one man who's kept a level head through all this scare. The manner in which the clarion has used scareheads is enough to almost start a panic. I realize that, Mr. Reed, and I think your paper has been wise to play it down as much as possible. If the clarion would only do as a sentinel has done... Dr. Holmes, I asked you to come here because I'm interested in your theory that there's nothing in the way of contamination behind this epidemic. I'm sure there isn't. And that assurance has made considerable trouble for you, hasn't it? Why do you say that? Hasn't it? Well, yes. There are men in this city who have gone on record with statements against you. Yes, statements against a lot of other men as well. Yes, but I'm the one who really suffers. Have you heard from the Medical Association? Well, yes, I have. I thought as much. They've expressed this favor because of the publicity you've had. I've been accused of seeking publicity. I've been charged with making what appears to be a sensational statement for no other reason than to achieve a lot of publicity. And, Mr. Reed, that has been the furthest thing from my thoughts. I've stated the simple truth. That's what I thought, Dr. Holmes. But it would appear that people don't want the simple truth. Burton has been pretty noisy in his demand for an investigation of the water supply. It has been investigated, Mr. Reed. The water supply is perfectly all right. The water is not contaminated. There's a lot being said against the officials who agree with you. Uh, I know. Are you acquainted with George Tyler? Very well. He's been the brunt of some mighty bold charges. Simply because he insists that the water system is perfectly all right. Burton accuses him of all manner of outlandish things. Tyler is an honest official. It's too bad there aren't more like him. Did you hear about the row between him and the city chemist? Oh, you mean Fox? Yes. I didn't know there was any argument. A bitter one. Tyler went to Fox's laboratory yesterday afternoon. Fox was bending over a microscope, and on his bench there were samples of water, each one of which had been tested for various elements and bacteria. Fox had already submitted a report to which Tyler referred. You contradicted your original statement, Fox. Oh? Oh, hello, Tyler. I didn't hear you come in. I said you contradicted your original statement. You said at first that there was no contamination in the water. That was before I made these last tests. You just released a statement. And announced the existence of bacteria that might cause the present epidemic of fever. May I see your laboratory notes? There they are. Have a look, if you can understand them. I'm not much of a chemist, Fox, but I do know something about our present system for purifying the water. It's obsolete, for one thing. Oh, is it? It must be. Take a look at those reports. Take a look at this slide on the stage of the microscope. It's fairly crawling. Really? Emphatically. Fox, I wonder what made you change your opinion so suddenly, so radically. Well, these tests. Where did that water come from? Right from that tap. Are you doubting me? Oh, no, Fox. No, I wouldn't doubt you without more proof. Proof? Proof of what? Mr. Fox, there are certain interests that would like very much to sell the city a new water filtration plant. It would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and represent a tremendous burden to the already well-burdened taxpayers. It would mean that water rates would have to be doubled, and it would line the pockets of the firm that installed it. Which is the more important, the public health or saving a few cents a month for taxpayers? Both are important. The first is essential. Public health must be guarded at any cost. But we do not need a new system. You say that in the face of what my report shows? I do. I've had my own chemist analyze the water. Oh, I see. I guess you're hedging around for a cut-in on the graft, huh? Fox, yeah. Maybe you have the idea that the Maxwell Company will hand you a few grand to okay the new water system. I have the idea that they've already done that. For you. You'd better prove that statement before you make it public. Perhaps I will. I could hear most of what was said because I was just outside the door. I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I did want to speak to Fox. Then I heard George Tyler mention my name. I've had Dr. Holmes in conference, and I'm convinced that his explanation for the epidemic is the right one. Fox, you accuse me of wanting to get cash. Well, I charge you with that very thing. It's my opinion that you've already been paid by the Maxwell representative. You watch what you're saying, Tyler. You and Burton, and I don't know how many others. Burton will hear about your accusation. Let him. Tell him that I said he's had an itching palm ever since he took office. He's banked ten times as much as his salary. He's been in on every graft that came along. If you don't like the way things are being run, why don't you resign? Perhaps I shall. Both men were furious, Mr. Reed, and I was about to walk away from the door rather than embarrass them by letting them know they'd been overheard when George Tyler's wife came up to me and said... Why, Dr. Holmes, how do you do? I, I was rather surprised, and I didn't want her to go in where Fox and her husband were arguing. What did you do? For a moment, I didn't know what to say, but I was spared the trouble of saying anything because Tyler came out and... Hello, Mary. Hello, George. I've something to tell you. You know Dr. Holmes, of course. Of course. Perhaps he'd be glad to hear what I have to say. Uh, let's go over here where it's a little more private. I, I think perhaps I'd better go along. Oh, please come, Doctor. Come along, Holmes. You and I may have a little trouble on our hands before the week is finished. I went with Tyler and his wife and realized that whatever charges were made against Tyler 
would quite possibly be made against me as well. I knew that Fox was a man who would stop at nothing, and that he was in a position where his word could not be questioned. Then Mrs. Tyler told why she came to see her husband. Never mind how I happen to hear this, but take my word for it, George. It's the truth. What is, Mary? There's a man in town by the name of Gaylord. Have you heard of him? Heard of him? I should say I have. Gaylord is the man who's trying to sell the city the new water system. That's what I understood. He told certain people that he already had spent around $10,000 in the right places. And he's reasonably certain that he'll persuade the city that the epidemic is caused by the drinking water. But that is not the case. I'm willing to stake my professional reputation on my statement. Gaylord Burton Fox. I wonder who else has sold our city short. There you have it, Mr. Reed. I've talked off the record, you understand. Glad you've confided in me like this, Dr. Holmes. Tyler is a patient of mine. This thing has hit him hard. Charges in today's clarion will hit him even harder. Charges? You expressed the idea that Fox might talk. Well, he has talked. He's hinted that Tyler is waiting for a chance to cash in. He has no basis for that his claim. anything that Tyler might say. Mr. Reed, is there nothing that can be done to give the public the truth? Not without actual proof. Is the word of Fox absolutely final? Fox is in charge of the city laboratory. He's made the test. Uncontaminated water. He claims it's the water from the tap. That can't be true. And even if it were, he has no proof it's that water which is causing the present epidemic. Dr. Holmes, the Sentinel will do what it can to investigate. You have my promise on that. The Sentinel investigating. That makes me laugh. Have any reporters annoyed you, Fox? Oh, they came around my laboratory, Burton. But I won't let them bother me. My investigation is showing beyond the shadow of doubt that our method of purifying water is archaic, obsolete, old-fashioned, and not terror. That's exactly right, Burton. Now, the Maxwell system, which I've been trying to sell to your city... You needn't sell me, Gaylord. I'm sold. But I haven't seen any signed contracts yet. What about them? You just give us a little time. I'm giving another radio address tonight. Radio is the thing. I'm going to come right into the home of every citizen in town and show them the risks that lurk in their water faucets. Good. Show them how certain of our backward city fathers are unwilling to keep step with progress and show how the added cost for your system will mean practically nothing. The added cost will mean less than two cents a day. Now, my friends, figure that out. The average family is five people. Two cents a day for good health for a family of five. Less than half a cent a person. And for that trifling sum, certain people still maintain and insist that we shall adhere to the same drinking water that has been used for the past decade. Suppose the auto industry stood still. Suppose all industry refused to admit progress. You would still be listening to me on headphones. Perhaps you would never know the thrills of radio. Rabble rousing. Madam, Mr. Bitt. And a fellow burden. Cato, his is the type of voice that can make you hate anything he sneers at. The type of voice that hypnotizes the public. He has them thinking that two cents a day is a mere trifle. But he doesn't tell them that it means 60 cents a month, nearly two dollars more, and the quarterly water bills. And that means that the water bills will be practically doubled. That's right, Mr. Bitt. I can't even think of a way for the Green Hornet to act in this situation. But you might try. Try? Well, how can I try? What can I do? Suppose the Hornet did call on Fox or Burton or even Gaylord, who's passing out the money. There's nothing to work on. Unless... Unless what, Miss Bitt? Unless I could get you into Fox's laboratory. You know chemistry, Cato. Yes, Mr. Bitt. Perhaps you could run some tests on the specimens. He's already tested if they're still there. If he has equipment. No, there's plenty of equipment there, Cato. I wonder if we could get into the laboratory tonight. We might try. It's worth the effort, Cato. I want to be sure of just one thing before we go any further. What is that, Mr. Bitt? I want to be sure that Fox has lied in his reports on the analyses of the city water. Is the car ready? Yes, Mr. Bitt. It's ready. Bring the mask and weapon in and let's see about getting into that city laboratory. Cato, these flasks are labeled. 
These are the water samples Fox analyzed. Very well. Yeah, his lab note should be here somewhere. Hey, let me take that light. Send what you are, don't move. What the? I have you covered. Mr. Holmes, the green horn. Put down that gun and listen to me. Listen to you, nothing. If you move one step, I'll shoot to kill. <laughs> Curtain falls on the first act of our Green Hornet drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. To continue our story, a single desk lamp casts a faint glow of light in the chemistry laboratory as Dr. Holmes, gun in hand, faces the Green Hornet. So you are the Green Hornet. What are you doing here, Holmes? Aren't you in trouble enough already? Trouble? <laughs> I'll go the whole way now. I'm here to prove that Fox lied. I'm here to conduct my own analysis with the same equipment Fox used. I'm here to loom the truth for myself. Burglary on top of the other charges, eh? Burglary. What's a thing like that to me? I don't think there'll be any charge anyway. You're the one who entered first. And I suppose you're the one who put the watchman in the condition which I found him. I am. But enough talk. I've never shot a man. But you... Holmes, you haven't even asked me what I'm doing here. Obviously, you're hand in glove with the rest of the crew. You're mistaken. Oh, no, I, I came know. here for the same reason you did. I, too, wanted to know the truth about those water tests. Why? Because I had ideas about collecting a little of this cash that Gaylord's planning to spend. You? I knew it. You are in with the rest of them. But that's where you're wrong. I'm against the rest of them, then, until they pay me off. Oh, that's it, eh? Well, you'll not be paid off. I'm going to... Don't you know that before you can squeeze that trigger, my friend will knock you down? (laughs) That's a pretty old trick, Hornet. I've heard it done before, but I won't turn around. You didn't see my assistant when you came in here. Assistant? (laughs) Hold him! I'll take a gun. You You do have someone with you. I have, as you've seen. Let me go now. No, Holmes. You keep facing this way. Well, now what are you going to do to me? Nothing, Dr. Holmes. Nothing? Nothing at all. Except to watch you while you proceed as you planned. Proceed? Test that water. I'll watch you. You can do what my assistant was about to do when you came in here. To help you? You'll I'll... not hamper me in any way, Holmes. You will simply deprive yourself of the privilege of helping to smash this gang. If you don't care to run these tests, I'll give you the same gas I gave the watchman. And then recall my assistant to do what he started to do when you interrupted. I... I want to be in on this. Good. Now get going. Mr. Reed's office. This is Dr. Holmes calling. I would like to speak to Mr. Reed in person. One moment, Dr. Holmes. I'll tell him. Yes? Dr. Holmes is calling. Do you want to speak to him? Oh, yes. Put him on my line. One moment, please. Hey, Casey. Is the boss in? He's talking on the phone right now, Lowry. Wait around. And how? Say, it looks as if the council is going to close a deal for that new water system. Not really. No fooling. And if they do, it's the biggest piece of graft this city's ever seen. Why, it's been jammed right down the taxpayer's throat. I know it. Why don't the boss slap a big spread on page one? Why? Well, look at the clarion. Here, get a load of this. Look. Hey, don't try to ram it down my throat. Look at it. The way they play up the sickness. The way that Dr. Holmes has been treated. The way Burton accuses George Tyler. Yes? Got George Tyler on the phone for me. Very well. Tyler? What's the boss want of him? Anyone else, Mr. Reed? Oh, is that Lowry out there? Yes, he's here. Well, tell him to stick around. Things are due to happen. Due to happen? I also want an outside line. I have a few calls of my own to make. Yes, sir. In this case, uh, Dr. Holmes will be around shortly. Please ask him to wait in your office. Uh, very well, Mr. Reed. 
Why does he want Tyler here? I'm sure I don't know, Lowry. He told me just what you heard. And Doc Holmes. Why is he coming here? Oh, I know. I hope Tyler's at home. He wasn't at his office a while ago. Hello? Is Mr. Tyler there? Britt Reed of the Sentinel calling. Oh, one moment, please. Is there? Yes. Hello? Mr. Tyler, this is the Daily Sentinel. Could you come to Mr. Reed's office as soon as possible? Reed's office? Yes, yes, I think so. Thank you. Casey, I got a hunch. What? I mean it. The boss doesn't take graft like this sitting down. He hasn't been laying back in the editorial for nothing. He's been biding his time. He's been waiting. Has he? I'll bet on it. You just wait and see. Lolly, I think we may have a story for the afternoon edition. What sort of story, boss? Something that Dr. Holmes has told me about. Oh, Reed, I'm glad I was able to catch you. Oh, come right in, Dr. Holmes. I was keenly interested in what you had to say. Reed, I, uh... Well, here is the letter I spoke about on the telephone. Let me see it. Yes, yes, of course. I I hope you'll have the same confidence that I have that this... This writer tells the truth. Writer? What's the letter? Hands off, Lowry. I believe what he says, Mr. Reed. I, I can't tell you why I believe it. You simply have to take my word for it. Very well. I've already telephoned for George Tyler to come here. Good. And also a couple of other men who will be interested in what you outlined on the phone. Do you think the plan will work? Hmm, I see that it's suggested by uh, this writer. Yes. What's the mystery? Who sent that letter? What's this plan? Don't breathe a word of it, Lowry. But this was sent from the Green Hornet. The Hornet? What's the Hornet got to do with this? Please, please believe me that he can be trusted. How do you know? I... I know. We're going to play a hunch, Lowry. We're going to do just what Dr. Holmes has requested. The Green Hornet went to that laboratory last night. The city lab? Yes. Where Parks worked? Yes. And we didn't get a story about it? No, we had no story about it. What's the matter with us? Why did we miss a break like that? Take it easy, Lowry. We're planning for a bigger break today. George Tyler will be here in a couple of minutes, and when he comes, we'll go over to the city laboratory. The city chemist was in his laboratory with Burton and Gaylord. There seemed to be a bit of misunderstanding. But I don't know who sent for you two. I certainly didn't. All I know, Fox, is that I received a telephone call. was told that you wanted to see me here as soon as possible. And I the same. If you didn't call for me, Fox, who did? I don't know. There's nothing I want to see you about anyway. I have troubles of my own today. Troubles? What kind of troubles? Oh, I have to find a new night watchman. The one that was on duty last night disappeared. Disappeared? Yes, went off on a bat or something. He didn't ring his box at midnight, and when the detectives came, they found that he'd apparently gone home. He hasn't been seen since. They can't find any trace of him. You didn't send for us, then? No, I didn't send for you, Gaylord. Well, how do things shape up, anyway? Now that we're here, we might as well compare notes. All right, as far as I'm concerned. I've given out the reports you wanted. And they're fine reports. Fine reports. How did you like the radio address last night, Hawks? First rate. That ought to get action. I think we'll have the purchase contract signed in no time. There'll be something nice in it for each of you men when it's signed. Who's there? Open up, Fox. We want to talk to you. Oh, just a moment. Well, what sort of a delegation is this? My name's Lowry. Lowry of the Sentinel. And this is Britt Reed. Uh, guess you've heard of him, Fox. Well, to what am I indebted for the honor of this visit? Dr. Holmes has a few suggestions to make, Fox. Oh, you hear, Holmes? <laughs> You have a nerve coming here. Perhaps I have, Fox. We're expecting some other gentlemen here, too, Fox. Well, Burton, I heard your speech last night. Oh, you did, eh? Yeah, rabble-rouser. Take it easy, Burton. It might satisfy your curiosity a little, and yours, too, Gaylord, to know that I was the one who telephoned for you gentlemen to be here. You? I was told Mr. Fox wanted to see me. Well, I dare say he does. At least he will want to see these two before the morning's over. You'll have to get out. I'm busy today. I have work to do. Yes, you have some special work to do, Fox. We're going to ask you some questions about the water you've been testing. My report is final. I'll tolerate no interference whatsoever. Oh, here come my friends now. Uh, hello, Britt. Fox, I believe you know the health commissioner. Why, I... Oh, yes. Are we in time? Oh, yes, quite in time. In fact, we've been waiting for you. Allow me, Fox, to present, in case you don't already know him, to present the commissioner of police. What is the meaning of this? President of the city council and his honor, the mayor. Let's proceed with this plan you outlined, Reed. Very well. What sort of a game are you trying to play here? You wouldn't toss these gentlemen out of your laboratory, would you, Fox? I gentlemen. Dr. Holmes has suggested that you come here and witness a test on the water samples Mr. Fox has in those flasks on his bench. I've already tested that water and turned in my report. That, you say, is the water you've tested? It is, and here are my notes on it. If that doesn't satisfy you... It doesn't satisfy us, Fox. I think it would be a good idea if you'd repeat the test. Use the same sample and follow your original notes. Go through the same procedure and let us witness the various reactions. Very well, I'll do it. If that will satisfy you. It's rather a serious matter, you know, spending so much of the taxpayer's money. This is nothing but a publicity ruse. It's just a stunt of these newspaper men to get a story. You're quite right, Burton. It is a stunt. 
And we'll get a story. Fox, please proceed with the test. All right, I will proceed. Oh, by the way, did you bring the stenographer? He's right outside. You might as well start taking down his shorthand right now. Be a good idea to have a transcript of everything that's said from this point on. Very well. And uh, have it entered in the record that Fox has stated that he's already tested the contents of those flasks on his bench. We heard that. You'll have to stand back. I'll have to have some room to work here. Of course. Give Mr. Fox all the room he wants. The city chemist proceeded with the experiment. When it was almost finished, he said, Now I'm ready for the final test. If you know anything about this process, you know that the particular contamination I'm trying to isolate will cause a brown color to appear when I add this reagent. Yes, we know that. Then I hope you'll be satisfied. There, it's turned brown. It has turned brown. I said the water was contaminated. Are you satisfied? Mr. Reed, what's the meaning of this? Have you been trying to make fools of us? You promised us an expose. I thought you said you'd prove that Fox gave out a false report. I thought you were going to clear me. This makes me more of a laughing stock than ever. Mr. Reed, that letter I showed Wait you. Wait a minute. Fox, let me ask you one question. Well? Is the water you took from those flats just now the same water you tested before? Of course it is. You uh, haven't changed it since yesterday? No. You mean to say you did not change the water in those flasks this morning? I did not. Then the water that was there at midnight last night is the water you tested just now? Yes. Let me read you, gentlemen, a part of this letter. The watchman will be on hand when needed. He's one witness, Dr. Holmes another. I emptied the water from the flasks and replaced it with chemically pure distilled water from the laboratory supply. And that is true. Fox, you've tested distilled water and called it contaminated. And you'll find the contamination in one of your reagents. You yourself contaminated that water, Fox. <laughs> if that water had come through clear, you'd have been all right. It would have proved that you gave an honest examination. But it didn't. You knew there had to be contamination, so you made sure it would show up. Wait, what about can... that? If you doubt my word, sir, take the contents of those other flasks. They'll prove to be distilled water. Take Fox's reagents and see if you don't find the contaminating substances in one of them. That's what we shall do. And if you still want proof that I was here last night, take a look at that carboy of distilled water. I can tell you what you'll find there. Because the man who wrote that letter Mr. Reed has put it there while I was watching. No. No, that. I didn't notice it. I didn't see it till now. This seal of the Green Hornet. The Hornet. You won't arrest me. You can't prove anything. You haven't got a thing on me. Take these chemicals. We'll have other men decide on the truth of these charges. I won't be taken. I won't be taken. I'm That's sacking him, boy. That'll hold him. I think his actions denote guilt. They do. But chemistry will produce proof that will stand up in any court. I didn't know anything about that. You can't blame me. We'll get me. to you too, Burton, before we finish. Dr. Holmes, you seem to have been aligned with the Green Hornet. Well, I... The Green Hornet's letter puts Dr. Holmes in the clear. And I think this morning's events will reestablish the public opinion of Mr. Tyler. Go on, Lowry, and file your story. And how? I... I want to call my wife and tell her the news she's prayed that she might hear. Thanks to the Green Hornet. <laughs>
story you've just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies that even the G-men cannot reach. The Green Hornet. Events and characters depicted in this drama are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. My name in life was Homer Burley. I have a message for my wife. Is she within the hearing of my voice? Homer. My dear husband. Have you anything to ask your husband? Homer, dear, are you happy? I would be happier, Myra, if it were not that I'm worried about you. I don't want you to go hungry, to know poverty. But you left me that insurance. It needs wise counsel. Myra, I want you to see... His name, Abbott. Abbott. Then I will not worry. Homer. Homer, are you still there? I I am afraid I have lost contact with you, Mrs. Burley. Oh, there's so much I still wanted to say to him. Call him back. Call him back, Roger. Tonight I'm exhausted. Perhaps another time. He gave you one message, though. Abbott. Abbott. I'll see him. A man named Abbott. Mr. Abbott's office. An appointment? Have you met him before? Very well. Please come at three tomorrow. Yes, I'll put your name down. Thank you. Goodbye. Is Abbott in his office now, young lady? Oh, yes, sir. It is time for his daily reading. Of course, Roger. Please go right in. He's waiting for you. Roger. The time has come, my friend, for a study of your day's horoscope. <laughs> my checkbook, you mean. <laughs> That's it, Albert. How is business? Going good. Since you moved into that swank headquarters. I had a couple new ones in yesterday and called back their husbands. Women with cash? Of course. I made sure they had dough before I went after them. Good going. I'm branching out some more, Albert. I'm putting a girl in to do nothing but check on the death notices and adding another woman to the sales force. Sales force? Of course. After I've learned considerable about a certain widow, she has to be sold on the idea of coming to me for an interview and a sitting, doesn't she? Well, I'll be... <laughs> Roger, you're all right. Furthermore, Abbott, 
We're not going to be quite so barefaced in taking their cash for wildcat stocks. What do you mean by that? Precisely what I said. We're going to run this office of yours more along the lines of a dignified brokerage house and actually make some legitimate investments for some of these people. We can run a lot less risk with the law and still make a big thing of the business. Now, look here, Roger. Suppose you run your crystal-gazing emporium and let me run this investment office. As long as you run it along the lines I consider intelligent, you may run it. Otherwise, I will interfere. But I'm all I right. don't propose to see both of us land in prison, you see. I've done all right so far. And I will see that you continue to do all right. Now, how much have you taken in since yesterday? Mrs. Wilder came in with uh, $5,000 to invest. What did you do with it? Sold to some continental merchant stock. That is utterly worthless. Sure. But she won't know that for a long time. The profit on that deal was two grand. Anything else? That's all. Abbott, you are a fool to try and double-cross me. What do you mean? Do you think I have so many facilities for gathering data without using them for the most important angle of my business? You seem to forget a matter of 500 you took from a woman named Joyce. Moreover, Mrs. Wilder left 10,000 with you, on which my share amounts to 4,000. Who told you I'll that... I'll take the money in cash, Abbott, and don't take such risks. I might decide to find another broker to work with me. You try that and I'll land you in jail. You will land me in jail for what? You're in this racket as deep as I am. That's a matter of proof, my friend. Hey, Casey, here's a funny one for you. What's that, Flicker? Why, if this isn't a Lulu, get a load of this negative. And be careful, it's still wet in the rinsing bath. I shot a picture of this Roger at the Hotel Continental affair this afternoon. Yeah? Well, what about it, Clicker? Well, the doggone negatives are positive, see? That Beluka has such a dark complexion that he shows white on the negative. Now, ain't that something? Who is the bird, anyway, Clicker? Oh, Roger something or other. I didn't cover the story, just took a couple of shots of him. He's the new rage of the society dame. What's he do? Look into a crystal or something? Oh, he does all the tricks. Crystal reading, spirit tapping, table tilting. I was talking to a couple of dames over at that meeting... And they claim he brought back the spirit of their dead husband. Ridiculous. Well, I'm just telling you what they told me. Boy, would I like to try to get a photograph of one of those spirits. Good afternoon, Miss Case. Oh, hello, Miss Benny. Oh, hello, Mr. Reed. I didn't know whether you'd be in or not today, Mr. Reed. Well, I usually get in once during the day. I was just showing Miss Case this negative, Mr. Reed. It's that new sensation in the spiritualistic world. Who's that? The Roger. Oh, a couple of the girls were talking about him last evening. I tell you, that guy's a sensation. He's got everybody talking about him. He also has a good press agent. He's hammered with us from the time he first showed up in town. Sent enough stuff in the office here to fill half a dozen of Gunnigan's wastebasket. No wonder I'd never seen any of it. Uh, Gunnigan is allergic to fakers, fakes, and uh, racketeers. And press agents. No wonder the stories on the Roger didn't get by him. He probably thought you might let one of them see print. You suppose this Roger really has something on the ball? He's got just enough on the ball to make himself a fortune. But you know, Mr. Reed, there are no ghosts. I'm surprised that the law doesn't step on a man like that. I don't know why the law should. Well, in the first place, he's obtaining money under false pretenses. Yes, but Mr. Reed, he really does give people some comfort. Don't you think so? Comfort? Maybe there's something to that, Mr. Reed. I haven't thought of that angle. If it gives a woman comfort to think she's hearing from her departed husband, well, it's surely worth whatever Roger charges. Unless he goes beyond that. What do you mean by that? I've heard of men like that that aren't satisfied with the fees they charge. They suggest investments for people and use that as a means of robbery. Hmm. However, we have a newspaper to run. Uh, look here, Mr. Reed. Yes? I'd give a week's pay for the chance to take some pictures at one of those seances. You'd give a week's pay? Boy, that would be something new. Why not let me sign up for one of his weekly meetings and take along a hidden camera and some flashbulbs? Maybe if the ghost appears, I can get a picture of him. Picture of a ghost? Wouldn't that be something? Miss Benny. Huh? The Daily Sentinel couldn't endorse such an unethical proceeding. That's what I was afraid of. I'll be in my office, Miss Case, if anyone calls. Very well. And, uh, by the way, if someone should happen to already have a good picture of a ghost uh, taken at a seance, uh, I'd be interested in seeing it. We, uh, we might use it for a Sunday magazine picture. <laughs> I get it. Look here, Casey. Don't you worry about someone just happening to have that sort of a picture. I'll be around with one inside the next couple of days. Hiya, Clicker. Hey, Click, how's the girl photographer these days? Hi, gang. Hi. Hey, Laurie. Hi. This way, fella. I want words with you. Oh, what's up? Come on over here where the super snoopers won't get an earful of my plans. I need cooperation, and you're the guy to give it to me. Right here will do. Sit down on the edge of the desk or someplace. i got to make a call. Uh, look through that drawer, will you? For what? 
See if you can find that small camera of mine, the Leica. Uh-oh, tampered camera shooting, huh? And how? Here's the number. Hey, does it ever occur to you that you could clean out this drawer sometimes and make things easier for yourself? Careful you don't break any of those filters. Hey, Scott, how do you know what's in here? Well, there's the Leica down at the bottom. Uh, pull out that photo flash attachment, too. Where are you going? We're going to a spiritualistic seance, Laurie, and get a picture of a ghost. Now, hey, have you gone screwy? Maybe so. Uh, yeah, this what you want? Oh, that's it. Close the drawer now. I'm going to try to horn in on one of the meetings this Roger has in that new swanky apartment of his. You go out of your way looking for trouble, don't you? Wherever there's trouble, there's a picture, Laurie. And I'd go a long way for a good picture. How much money you got? Money? What's that? No fooling. Borrow a couple of bucks, will you? I've got to get a couple of flash bulbs and... Say, Lowry, have you got a suit that's pressed? We have to dress up to go there? Well, you have to look civilized. Roger has quality folks at his meetings. Oh, here he is now. Is this the Roger's studio? Well, I'd like to know if it's possible for me to attend one of his meetings. One of the seances, you know. Soft music came from an unseen source in the velvet draped room where Raza held his seance. In the incense-filled atmosphere amid luxurious furniture and silk tapestries, a well-dressed group of people awaited the appearance of the Raza himself. Slightly apart from the rest sat Clicker Binney, trying to show the same wide-eyed expression of awe the other ladies showed. With her was Ed Lowry. Ooh, Clicker, this place smells bad. Shut up, Mug, that's incense. Yeah, well, I wish we were out of here. Scared? Oh, my eye. Now get things straight. You keep that reflector with the flash bulb under your coat till the lights are out. And get it set and ready. You've been over all that before. Well, don't muff it. Point the reflector at the ghost, and when I click the shutter, the bulb will go off. And we'll go out on our ears. That's okay by me as long as we get the picture. The Raja stepped from behind heavy drapery. With his head swathed in a turban of royal purple and a gown of similar color came to within a few inches of the floor. His deep-set, heavy-lidded eyes surveyed the people in the room for a minute, and then he took his place at the head of the table and motioned wordlessly for the others to gather close to him. As they did so, the lights became dimmer, and then the room was dark. In an adjoining room, a man and woman stood with many yards of cheesecloth draped about them. To commune with the spirits that lie beyond the grave, I must ask that all of you remain absolutely silent and concentrate on the hope of seeing one who was dearly beloved by you in life. While you concentrate, I shall place myself in a state of mind that comes close to the borderline, beyond which no person once crossing has ever returned in body. In a moment, if conditions and atmosphere are right, it may be possible that the voice of someone who means much to one of you will make itself heard. Then, if absolute silence prevails and nothing happens to disturb the spell, this spirit may come and let itself be seen. If it is recognized by any one of you, please speak softly and address it by name. Time to go out first tonight, James. I wonder who's going to call you Danny this time, Greg. That's so loud. Where's the megaphone? I've got to get the old sepulchral spirit in my voice. Right here. Drape this stuff around me now. Get the megaphone up to the wall there and start talking. Rogers, press the signal button. Right. Someone is near the borderline calling to me. That sounds like John. I must caution you not to speak out until you see him and recognize him. Someone calls me. I hear a voice. I hear a voice. Who calls me? I feel a presence in this room. Someone from the hereafter is calling for attention. Come, give me your name. My name was John. John. John, will you let us see you? Someone is calling for me. I will let myself be seen. Come, John. A friend of yours is here. I would like to have a word with him. <laughs> Someone took a picture. Not in place. Who did that? John! John! Where are you? This way. Turn on the lights. What is the meaning of this disturbance? This is profane. This is unheard of. This is the way out. We got it. We got it. (laughs) 
curtain falls on the first act of our Green Hornet adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Continue our story. When Britt Reed heard through society friends that Roger, the spiritualist, was using his supposed occult powers to persuade widows to trust their money to his accomplice, he had Clicker Binney get a photograph of the specter at one of the seances. The next day, when Britt Reed came to his office, Ed Lowry was there before him. The girl got a beautiful shot, boss. It shows that fake up to her fairly well. Good enough, Lowry. We can use that photo in a Sunday supplement in a few weeks. I'm planning on a feature story dealing with these racketeers and goats. Well, I can contribute. How's that? Well, I can contribute. There have been a lot of cases where women have been told by the crook they thought to be the spirit of their dear departed to go and sink their cash into pony stocks and bonds. Where did you get that? Police headquarters. They've had complaints on Raja. They have? Yeah. The other evening, a couple of women were telling me about him. They'd been sent to a man named Abbott. That's the guy. He sold them stocks that weren't worth a hoot. That's what the cops were told. But the law can't prove a thing. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, perhaps an expose in the Sentinel would do some good. That's what I had in mind, Larry. Roger will sue if you mention him. Well, let him sue. And it won't get anywhere, boss. That's the tough part of it. He'll fold up and move to another city if things get too tough here. There's no way to get the goods on him, and less chance of linking Abbott up with him. That's yeah, a confounded shame that this sort of thing can go on unchecked. You're telling me? I say the way Rajan and Abbott worked the racket, it's almost foolproof. Where's the picture Miss Vinnie took? Here, here, take a look at it. Say, that is something. Isn't that a Lulu? It's a darn shame the cops can't take that as evidence. It wouldn't mean a thing. I know. Roger didn't charge anything for the seance, so the law can't touch him. Hang it all, it's the old story. The law can't touch him. The law couldn't get at Roger and his racket. But Britt had deeper plans when he arranged for the picture to be made. We find him in his apartment with Cato his faithful servant, and the only living man to know him as the Green Hornet. This picture, Cato, shows me how the ghost appears and where he comes from. Yes, Mr. Brett. And by careful study, I can get a fairly good idea of this man's face in spite of the gauze that's draped over his head. Yes, sir. And I think that with that, I can step out at the next seance. What are you going to do? Give the Roger the shock of his life. How? The Green Hornet's going to a seance. The next ghost that Roger summons from behind those drapes is going to have altogether too much to say. Now we've got to make some plans, some rather elaborate plans. Yes? You'll be in on them. He uses a phonograph, Cato, that's probably played from the same back room that the ghosts wait their turn in. What about that? Let me see. Abbott, that's the name of the bird that handles the financial end. Yes, sir. I'm going to give him an invitation to the next seance. I wonder what he'll have to say. (laughs) He won't dare say much in front of the guests. Neither will the Roger. But after, the guests have gone. I wonder. Several evenings later, an exceptionally fashionable group of people were in attendance at the seance. Before the Raja made his appearance, he met his accomplice, Abbott, in the side room. Have you seen all the new people that are here tonight? I wouldn't know the new from the old. We're getting the society trade now, Abbott. People with lots of money. Not so loud. They can't hear me in the next room. What are you going to do here anyway? Sit in. Sort of unusual, isn't it? Any objections? No. No objections, of course. Glad to have you here. 
I just thought I'd see if you weren't trying a little double-cross on your own hook. Whatever gave you that idea, Abbott? You've been mighty quick to suspect me. I had sufficient reason to. Okay, Raja. Just don't try anything, that's all. You better go and sit down. I'm going to start in a couple of minutes. Right. This should be worth watching, you fake. Greer. Ready for the music? Yes, you may start the recording now. Give them a good show tonight, Greer. Now, Jane. Yes? You're to be the daughter of James Stilwell. He is in the group. Drowned last summer, didn't I? That's right. I have the part memorized. Good. I'll go and start things. I'm going to ask that guy for a reason pay one of these days. Oh, I'm worried about that picture someone took the other night. I haven't heard anything from it. What's there to worry about? I don't know, Greer, but just the same. Keep still. They can't hear it. <gasps> that mask. Oh, Keep your voices down you regret it. <laughs> What's the matter? Steady, you short. <coughs> You're going to take a little nap. <coughs> uh, you went out nicely, young lady. You... <coughs> Yeah, that's it. Stay right down here. All right, Cato. You can come in now. They made no noise. Yeah, that was the big gamble. But I guess they've grown so accustomed to keeping quiet back here that they did it subconsciously. How's that? Who won? Very well. Hurry and get it set on the machine. Yes, sir. Now, work at that. Ah, let me see. Oh, there's a good place to hide. There is. Have the car ready right outside the window? Yes, sir. What time is it now? Ten o'clock. We've got to handle things just right. Stop the machine. If it is recognized by any one of you, please speak softly. And address it by name. Concentrate, my friends. Concentrate. Now for it. We must all concentrate. There seems to be a disturbing influence among us. Is there someone called Lucian? That's me. Concentrate, my dear. Concentrate. Do you speak from the hereafter? I speak to someone called Lucian. Vincent. Vincent, is that you? You wish to ask me something? Something is wrong. Yes. Yes, tell me, dear. Are you happy? Yes, Lucian. I am happy. Before you left, I never knew. Was there any pain? Did you suffer, dear? There was no pain. We miss you so much. Lucian, there is one thing you must do. Yes, tell me. It concerns money. Yes, yes. You must invest your insurance. Take it from the bank and invest it. But I don't... Hear me, Lucian. A good investment house. The Gurney Sanders. What? Concentrate, please. Do not disturb the spell. I remember the name. Vincent, tell me. Tell me a little more. Vincent, I can't see you now. Tell me a little more. Vincent. Concentrate. Concentrate, my friends. Do not break this spell. Someone whose name is Elizabeth. That's my name. Elizabeth, your brother sends you word through me. Yes. Yes, my brother. Where is he? He couldn't come. He sends you word. Do not trust any but the firm of Gurney Sanders with your investment. Do you understand? Yes, I understand. My brother was always afraid I'd... I can do no more. I can do no more tonight. There is a disturbing influence here. The seance has ended. I am not well. Please, the lights. Another time. But please, now, go. I want to talk to Vincent again. Another time. Another time, please. My brother. Can I get more word from my brother? Another time, I tell you. Go, get out, leave me. I am not well. The Roger turned up the lights and the amazed people were hurriedly sent from the luxurious room. All but Abbott, who remained behind until the others had gone. And then... You dirty, double-crossing crook. It's a good thing I came here tonight. Abbott, believe me, there was something wrong. I don't know what happened to Greer. I can tell you what happened to Greer. You decided to play along with that Gurney Sanders firm, huh? I got the tip-off on that, Riser. That's why I came here tonight. You're crazy, I tell you. Oh, no, I'm not. You're the one that's crazy to think you could put something like that over on me. Maybe you thought my office wasn't swank enough for the society swells you had here, huh? No, no. You had Greer all primed to give that stuff out. Then when you saw me, you didn't get a chance to change the instructions. It isn't true. Oh, yes, it is. I'm not a blind fool, you know, Roger. Well, don't get the idea you can double-cross me. All right, you blustering idiot. Just what do you propose to do? I'm going to smash you. Oh, no, you're not. Maybe you're the one that took that picture the other night. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you thought a photograph of one of the ghosts would smash me. Well, let me tell you this. I know the law, and I've stayed inside the law. And that's more than you have done. Oh, is it? Yes, it is. You open your mouth, and I'll send you to jail. You can't do it. Oh, yes, I can. 
There have been plenty of people who have gone to your place and bought worthless stock. There have been a lot of others that have bought stock from you and been told the stock went down. That what they bought on margin was wiped out. I happen to know, Abbott, that you never bought the stock at all. You just pocketed the dough. Well, don't get any foolish ideas about trying to make trouble for me. You can't double-cross me and get away with it. Who's that? How do I know? Where is Greer? You can ask him. I didn't try to double-cross you, Abbott. Greer, where are you? Answer the door. I'll go myself. We'll continue this discussion a little later, Riser. I'm not through by any means. Where's he at? Stand aside. Let's go through the place. Police, what's the meaning of this? What do you want here? Where's the Green Hornet? The Green Hornet? I know nothing about the Green Hornet. He's hiding out here someplace. I just got the phone call a little while ago and we come right over. It's too bad he didn't do something about you two rats before he skipped out. He's probably gone by this time. Whoever called you is mistaken. There was no phone call from here and the Green Hornet has not been here. And we don't want you cops around. Now clear out. What are you doing here, Abbott? Uh, I am reading his palm. You think fast on your feet, don't you, Roger? Let's have a look behind there. One moment, officer. Maybe you've heard that a warrant is required before you can search a man's home. You know all the laws, don't you? Sufficient of them. That's why I came here tonight, Joe. Someone in there. Come on. That's my voice. Let's go see. Maybe you thought my office wasn't swank enough. You two talk. It's a frame-up. Shut up. Let's listen. Greer all primed to give that stuff out. Then when you saw me, you didn't get a chance to change the instructions. It isn't true. Oh, Let me out of here. Turn that thing off. Quiet, Roger. Looks like we got the goods on you at last. Let me go. Let me get out of here. No, you don't. Not so fast. That record will hold in court. Hang on to these two. We're taking you both in and that record as well. No, no. It's a frame-up, I tell you. You can't do it. Let me go. This intrusion. You have no warrant. We're taking you guys in without a warrant. Take that record along. Who did it? Who did it? Hey, look over there. Those two on the floor. Holy mackerel. What's happened to them? It's Greer. Your helpers. I knew there was something wrong. I told you, Abbott. I told you that Greer wasn't the one who appeared. They're alive, all right. Just knocked out. Yeah. We better call the boys and have the wagon sent over. This thing's bigger than we thought. Yeah, take that record so we don't lose that. I've got it. And hey, holy cats, look at this. I get it now. We were sent over here to get the Green Hornet. Okay. Look what's on the record. The mark of the Green Hornet. There he goes. He's outside. He sneaked out this window. Boys, I'd say offhand the Hornet framed this whole thing. I told you we were framed. It won't hold in court. Oh, yes. This will hold in court, Raja. And for once in his life, The Green Hornet's done a good turn for the police department. copyrighted feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.